now look at somebody and say, you matter. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking about just pray first and different things, and I read this story about a guy, and uh, as we're transitioning in the month of February, the love month, and this guy uh, had a prayer life, uh, but he also, he loved donuts. And uh, he, he loved donuts so, so much that his waistline began to look like a donut. And so he thought, man, I need to do something about my love for donuts because I need to battle the flap that I'm getting in my life. And, and so he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast donuts for a season in my life. And, and so he began to pray and he told his co-workers, say, hey, you know, I'm going to try to get healthy and I'm going to fast donuts. And, and so for about a couple of days, he did really well. And, and then he showed up at work one day and he had a box of donuts and his co-workers were looking at him like, what are you doing? You... You, you said you were going to fast donuts for a season and you were going to try to get in shape. And he said, yeah. He said, out of muscle memory. He said, my car and I just drove right by my favorite donut shop. And he says, as I drove by my donut shop, he said, I saw those glaze just glistening and, and the sprinkles. And, and he said, so he said, I just said, dear God, I, I know that maybe this is temptation, but God, maybe this is you. And, and Father, that that you know that I love donuts and I've been really good here for about 24 hours of not having a donut and he says if you have a parking spot up front for me he said then I'll know that you know that I love donuts and I need a donut and the people are like well what, what happened he goes well I prayed and he's I said you know I, I told him my prayer that if there's a parking spot right up front I'll pull in and get some donuts and my 12th time around there was a parking spot <laughs> right up front so I knew that God answered my prayer. All right. If the Chiefs make a Super Bowl, I got a really, really good one I'm saving. But uh, so several years ago, as a staff, we went to Elevation Church uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And probably one of the highlights, it was the first time they had, we had went. We went a couple of years in a row. But we went to the Billy Graham home and museum, and, uh, you know, I mean, he's iconic. Everybody is familiar with Billy Graham. And, and I remember when we walked in, I took a picture of the quote, and this quote says, God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. And this is the part that I love about the quote. It was God saying to the world, I love you. Today you matter. Because God says, I love you. You matter because God says, I love you. That you can know the love of Christ. I mean, the, the powerful, relentless, profound, unshakable, earth-moving, unfathomable, immeasurable, overwhelming, incalculable, incomprehensible, undeniable. That God loves you because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. And so for 2022, God has simply placed a word on our heart for Family Life Fellowship that you matter. I was in Starbucks on Thursday morning, and, and uh, I was just standing in line, and, uh, and I had this sweatshirt on. And, uh, and, and the lady, the barista, she didn't see the back, but, but she looked at the shirt. She smiled. I could tell she read it. And then after my order, she goes, you know, I just want you to say, I really, I really love that shirt. And I, I thought, you know, in that moment, what do I do here? 
And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to let it speak because for a moment in her life, no telling what kind of day that she had, serving people coffee, whatever it is, Starbucks baristas are always super, super nice, super, super friendly. And I thought, man, just that, that she read two words that she mattered in life. And the reality is we're all searching for something in our lives. We're searching for something real, we're searching for something tangible, something that will cause and add value and significance to our life. And I think if we really get to it, it's really grounded in love. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but love is, is very vague and love is very vast. Well, love, if you Google it, is very well studied, yet highly misunderstood. Love is found down a lot of different roads in a lot of different ways. And when you really look at it, it's like, what kind of love are you looking for in your life? Because people do all kinds of crazy things to find love, like driving around a donut shop 12 times because the love of donuts, amen. And you ever watch people, they do amazing things of love. But the question I want you to ask yourself this morning is, is what kind of love are you chasing today? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And, and I think it's a beautiful water baptism verse. But it's, it talks about the love of Christ. But I think it just gives us a picture of water baptism. So incredibly beautiful. And, but it says, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. And I love that so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, for the next 15 minutes, let me just be able to share the, the love of Christ John 3.16 is our, our theme scripture, Father. That really just comes down to, to everything about the love of Christ, Father. Father, we need to look at ourselves. Am I looking for a love that's full of feelings? Am I looking, wanting to be loved? Am I looking for love because it gives me validation, because somebody notices me? Is love a temporary pleasure that gives me a sense of authentication? And Father, I just pray right now that as we seek love in our lives, that we'll follow the Holy Spirit's love. Holy Spirit, guide us to real love, authentic love, genuine love. And expose the fake realities of love that so many of us have. Let us find real love because real love never fails. So speak to us this morning, Holy Spirit, individually and collectively. In Jesus' name, amen. St. Augustine said this, God loves each of us as if there was only one of us. God loves each and every one of us as if there were only one of us. I think it's interesting because Trish and I have had this conversation numerous times that that, that when we hear people say, I have a favorite son, I have a favorite daughter, I have a favorite child, I have a favorite grandchild, I, we, we try to grab that and think, well, really, 
they're not our favorites. I mean, it's easy. We have a boy and a girl, so I have a favorite son and a favorite daughter. But, but, but if, if you can't say that if you have two daughters or two sons. And, and, and we understand where that's coming from. And, and yet Augustine puts it so perfectly that God loves each of, each of us as if we were only one. That Jesus loves you. But let me take it a step further today that Jesus still loves you. Jesus still loves you. Pat said it in his, his tithing message, Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still yet sinners. There's a cliche quote that says, nails didn't keep Jesus on the cross, love did. And even though it's cliche, it has a very powerful meaning. Because let's be real, our life is filled with mistakes, amen? amen. And we often make wrong decisions, amen? And we fail to break out of our sinful cycles, amen? amen? And yet God never stops loving you. Why? Because you matter. You matter. And the day that you begin to see Father God differently is the day that you understand that. Is the day that you really begin to understand that you cannot earn God's love. That you cannot lose God's love. But His love will chase you down even at your worst possible moment. And His love will love you in the dirtiest dirt of your life. And when you really get that you matter, everybody say, I matter. And when you really get that I matter, John 3, 16, for God so loved me that if I was the only person in the world who said yes to Jesus, he still would have sent his only begotten son for me. Now, he, he, he got a whole bunch more, but that when you understand it, that personal, then you learn to live from love and not for love. Don't miss that. You learn to live from love and not for love. And when you learn to live from love, then suddenly you become a conduit of God's overflowing love flowing out of you into so many people, other people's lives. Right where you are, you're loved. Listen to me right now, you're loved. Whatever you did last night, right or wrong, you're loved. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. Why? Because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. And when you get a glimpse and an experience of real love, it changes you from the inside out. It will change the way that you think. It'll change the way that you live. It'll change the way that you look at your spouse. You raise your kids. You see yourself. You walk with God because this love changes everything. And God is speaking to you right now. And do you know and know what God is saying? He's like, I miss you. I love you. Never leave me again. You matter in my life. Just like that young lady at Starbucks that suddenly in a moment of time she realized that she mattered. And why do I know that? Because she wouldn't have complimented the shirt if she didn't think that. And one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible is the story of Hosea and Gomer. If you want to read Hosea on your own and study it, I would encourage you to do it. The first three chapters of Hosea tells us about his family life. And it's interesting because God used the story of Hosea 
as a symbol to illustrate his message to the people of Israel. And not only to the people of Israel, you know, however many thousands of years ago, 8,000 B.C., but, but I think that, or 800 B.C., but I think he's illustrating it to us today in the culture and the society that we live in. And if you read through the 66 books of the Bible, you'll find a lot of stories and a lot of references to the love of God. But in the book of Hosea, I believe you find the immaculate, amazing love of God. And this awkward love story between Hosea and Gomer I mean, it's like a fairy tale that suddenly went wrong. A fairy tale that went wrong. In the next couple of weeks, as we talk about you matter, I want to walk you through it. Because here's a man, Hosea, who's doing his absolutely best to follow God's will for his life. And on the flip side, when you read Hosea, Gomer is a promiscuous woman, a harlot, or very simply a prostitute. And when you study the Bible, God wasn't happy with the people of Israel because they were living in idolatry. They were abusing the love that, that he had extended towards them. And God speaks to Hosea, and he says, Hosea, I want you to make the first move towards Gomer. I want you to make the first move towards Gomer, the prostitute. Man of God, make the first move towards the promiscuous woman. And then things get interesting. Because God was not interested with the infidelity of his people. And, and Hosea was ready to hear God's voice because he was the man of the hour. So he could deliver the message from God's heart. And Gomer, his, his fiance, his future wife, was living in sin. And not just sin, but prostituting herself out to every man that, that would be willing to pay the price. And so naturally, when you read this story, the next move, the next move that God tells Hosea, naturally, we all think what the next move would be. But he tells Hosea, I want you to marry Gomer. I mean, read the book. It's like, wait a second, God. Are you saying God told the man of God, the prophet of God, to marry a promiscuous woman? Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then God begins to explain himself by saying that this shocking union would represent how God's people had been unfaithful to him. And I love it. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Without hesitation, Hosea married Gomer. And I bet you there were some pretty upset ladies who thought Hosea was going to be their man. I remember when I went to ministry school, Bishop Carlton was single for 40 years. And he was the, our pastor and everything. And people would show up at the church. Ladies would show up in wedding dresses saying, God said, you're to be my husband. And I love this, you matter theme. Because the children of Israel mattered so much to God and Hosea had God's heart. 
that Hosea followed the voice of God and took Gomer to be his wife. The whole story begins with Hosea accepting what God had said, even though it made no logical sense. Obedience. Because let's be real. If I was Hosea, and if I would have stopped for two seconds and thought about what God just told me, I probably would have talked myself out of marrying a prostitute. Come on, say amen. Most of us would. And my lesson learned as I was studying this during Pray First is, Vic, that's why you don't let your perception of reality shape God's voice in your life, but you let God's voice shape your reality because he sees and does things that you don't comprehend in your life. And with no further explanation of why God would tell him to marry someone so seemingly incompatible in his life, Hosea went ahead and he married her. And we don't get a play-by-play of the wedding, and we don't get a play-by-play of what people thought, but I'm sure there was a lot of people with a lot of opinions. Come on, say amen. And we don't even get to see what Gomer thought about this series of events, but we see that it was Gomer's or Hosea's job to pursue Gomer, and it was Gomer's job to say yes. So as I close down this week, it's remember how the story ends. It's more than a love story between a man and a woman. But Hosea took the first step. And Hosea, the man, made the first move. So men... If you're interested in a lady, the Bible says you are to pursue that lady. And let me give you a, can I give you just a fatherly hint of advice? Listen, if you're pursuing that woman, she doesn't want to sit in her house, eat carrion, and watch Netflix. Come on, say amen. amen. My wife still enjoys dates. We've been married almost... Well, 39 and a half years. Guess what? She likes to go out. And let me tell you, you husbands, why don't you husbands don't send your wife to get your marriage matter tickets? Why don't you take the first move? We got free childcare available. Why don't you say, you know what? I'm going to go get our our tickets, and we're going there because they need you to step up and be a man. Come on, say amen. Amen. Quit sending women to do everything. I'm serious. Men make decisions. Women like that. Trust me, my wife likes that. It's not that hard. Pursue the women. And women, don't be chasing them, guys. Play hard to get. Come on. Make that man pursue you. Because if he ain't pursuing you, he ain't doing the word of God. Come on. Say amen. Love struck. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. Everybody say love struck. God showed how much he loved you by sending his one and only son into the world so that you might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God made the first move. Because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. God made the first move because you matter. God made the first move because you matter. And I believe all of us have had moments in our lives where we've sat in the room of guilt and regret, wishing we would have made the bad decision that we made. But let me tell you, we've all been there, amen? You matter. It's about what God wants to convey to you and to the people around the world. That you didn't find love, but love found you. And when God sent Jesus as the ultimate showcase of his love for you, Jesus, full of love and truth, stole death and hell and the grave away from Satan's grip when he died on the cross. And he stole all the hearts of those who would relinquish their lives to him. And the reality is, if you really think about it, most of us really didn't see it coming. God started giving me a, a, a vision for somebody during worship, and I, I can't get him past it, but it's like you're climbing a tree, and you're reaching out on the branches, and you're trying to grab that fruit, and you're putting yourself into danger. And God says, why don't you just let me shake the branches so the fruit will fall to the ground and you can just pick it up and you don't have to put your life out there. And too many of you have been putting your life out there in the wrong way. Putting yourself in the danger. When you just got to say, Father, will you shake the branches? God showed his love for you. Because you matter. Because he sent Jesus. And I'm so glad that God didn't send me a Hallmark card in the mail to tell me how much he loved me. That's sort of a Valentine's Day hint for men. <laughs> Don't be just giving her a card at the last minute. Don't be that guy in Walmart or Walgreens on Monday the 14th. Come on, say amen. amen. Have you ever sat back and really thought how God could have handled this whole sin and Satan issue. He has all the power, all the authority. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he desires. And God didn't send just a little token of love our way. But God sent his only son, Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I'm a dad with a son. And I cannot begin to think about sending my son Joshua to die for some of you. I really can't. Why? Because I'm not God. And neither are many of you, or any of you. God did the unthinkable. What an act of pure, undefiled, unfathomable love. And there's no comparable love to this. And it's all because you matter. Everybody say, I matter.
Ephesians 3.18 says God wanted to show how deep and wide his love is for us. In other words, God didn't take care of the issue from the distance. God didn't send an angel to take care of it. He didn't just want to tell us, but he wanted to do it up close and personal. And what blows me away, it goes back to, to Romans 5.8. He did it. He did it while we were yet sinners. Because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God made the first move. He sent his son, Jesus, the greatest love sacrifice in the history of the world. And he did it for sinners. But more importantly, he did it for you. He did it for you because you matter. Your life, your spirit, your eternity matters. He did it for people who will never acknowledge or accept him as Lord and Savior. Even though he'll present them, every one of them, the opportunity over and over and over and over and over in their life, they will reject him till they go to the grave. They will reject him till they want to accept him as they stand before the throne. And God will say, depart from me because I never knew you. Because it's what you do here on earth in this life that determines your eternity. He did it for those that would curse his name. He did it for those He did it for you. Jesus defeated eternal death with unconditional love. And right now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're sitting in a jail cell in Randolph County. Maybe you're sitting in a parking lot. Maybe you're watching on a podcast. <coughs> maybe you're deployed overseas in the military. Right now, God will save you if you're stuck in your life. Right now, the Holy Spirit has found you even though you're lost. Right now, God has taken the first step. And the question is, will you take the next step and ask Jesus to come into your heart? Because the Bible is very clear. And I believe that when Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by me. And I believe it's very clear when Jesus said, the way, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. With your head bowed and eyes closed, this is that moment of decision. Where all you get to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And however you want to pray a prayer, you just simply at your seat. This is vertical. It's nothing about anybody around you. It's you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you just have to say, dear Jesus, man, I don't get it all, but something's resonating in my heart and in my gut that I'm a sinner. 
I'm blind. I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm bound up. I don't know if I died right now that I would go to heaven. But Jesus, there's something inside me that I sense that this is my next step. So Jesus, I admit that I need you. And not only do I admit that I need you, Jesus, I invite you into my heart to give me a brand new start. You sort of pray that in your own words, sort of like I did. And if you prayed that prayer, the angels in heaven are celebrating. They're shouting your names all over. The people that have prayed for you for decades are shouting your names all over. Because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And today is the day of salvation. And today you said, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. And let me tell you, if you prayed that prayer, there's that connect card in the front of you. And let us know the decision that you made. I'm recommitting my life to Christ. I'm committing my life to Christ for the very first time. Whatever it is, whatever your next steps, fill that in. Drop it in the black boxes. There's people up here to pray for you at the end of service for anything. Make sure you come up for prayer because that is their, their desire to be able to pour out to you that love of Christ. And you can give them that card and say, hey, I made a decision to ask Jesus. I'll be floating around. I'd love to hear your decision. But I want you to know everything that it's all about because you matter. Everybody say, I matter. Give those people a great big hand clap. That Now, a couple of things, a couple of things, right, before we close. Your children, your students matter to us. And so next week. All the kids are getting Valentine's Day cards that come to FLF Kids. The following week on... ...together for all the FLF Kids. And then tonight, Calvin and Tally have small groups for the students. And then on the 13th, he's hosting, instead of our big live night, he's hosting a Super Bowl party at his house. He'll get you flyers, take care of that. And then, again... Thank you for coming. God bless you. Everybody say, I matter. Look at somebody else. Say, you matter. Have a blessed and wonderful day.